0: You are listening to the Passion City Church podcast. To learn more about Passion City Church, including our gathering times in Atlanta and Washington, D.C., visit us online at PassionCityChurch.com. One of the things uh, that Brad did not mention is that I am married to an amazing woman. Her name's Jenny, and we have five kids. And when I say that to people, they're always like, What? Do you know how that happens? And the truth is we do know how it happens. And it's it's an amazing thing for me. Um, One of the challenges is that um, I get home after a long day of work and I just come and I wanna sit down on the couch and just talk to my wife and connect. And she's all over me, honestly. And it's just a little bit frustrating because I'm like, I'm more than just a body, you know? I'm a soul, Uh, I just wanna talk about my feelings, I just wanna connect. And uh, that's just not what, anyway, um, that she's not here today to defend herself, but that none of that's even true. But we are really excited about the life we have. We enjoy the life we have. One of the byproducts of having five kids are we also have five noise machines, one in each one of their rooms. Any of you sleep with white noise? A bunch of you uh, over at Cumberland, any of you sleep with white noise. Yeah. The amazing thing about white noise is that there's all different forms of it. If you were to walk into our house on any given night, you would hear a train whistle. You'd hear a dryer going. You'd hear a fan. You'd hear crickets chirping, frogs croaking. We got it all. Anything that makes noise. And the amazing thing is that the idea of a noise machine is that when you turn it up so loud, it masks the noises that you may not wanna hear. For instance, if one of our children were to cry in the middle of the night, it's so loud, it wouldn't even bother us. And so we sleep, we're the ones sleeping like a baby. That's the amazing thing about it. I see a lot of you looking at me judgmentally. Um, You're welcome to, it's not gonna change anything. We love our sleep. So that's just the way it works at our house. Uh, I'm just mostly kidding. The amazing thing, though, uh, that I want to talk about in, in regards to white noise, I feel like this, this message today is, uh, it's an appropriate message for where you are as a church, for what you're about to roll into. Uh, there's a lot of noise in the world today. In fact, if I were to ask you, say, hey, are there is there more noise today than there was 10 years ago? What would you say? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I would say certainly there is more noise today than there has ever been before. And one of the dangers of noise is not the noise itself, but what the noise keeps us from. So I wanna talk for just a little bit about white noise. Here's a simple definition of white noise. White noise is a form of sound masking. White noise, we turn up the volume of it and it masks the noise that we don't wanna hear. So for instance, you might work in an office complex that pipes in white noise during the day so that if somebody's having a conversation in the next office, you don't hear every single word of what they're saying. A lot of medical offices, a lot of hospitals, a lot of schools keep white noise turned up. We, We don't even hear it, we don't even recognize it, it's just happening in the background of life but it's masking the things that we don't want to hear. That's the point of white noise. In fact, in the same way that white noise masks unwanted sound, we all are living with white noise in our life. We all have things that we keep our fingers on the dial of to mask the things that, not that we don't want to hear, but the things we don't necessarily want to feel. All, All of us do. Now, let me just give you a simple example of this. When I, was, uh, when I was trying to finish college, I went to school, moved to Atlanta in 1998 to attend a school downtown called Georgia Institute of Technology. I was studying engineering there. I shouldn't say I was studying engineering. I was in, I was in the engineering program, but I wasn't studying as much as I should have been studying. Uh, there are some people that attend Georgia Tech that take engineering classes, and they don't have to study, and they do fine. I was not one of those. I struggled the whole time I was there. In fact, uh, at Georgia Tech, you don't even say this is the year I graduated. You say this is the year I got out. That's what, that's the language that you use. And so I'm sitting there. I kid you not. I'm sitting in the registrar's office because there was a there was a certain topic, a subject, a course curriculum called Physics 2, that was there was a roadblock for me. In fact, I, I just I, I wasn't mastering it enough, and so I took it a couple more semesters just to make sure that I really understood the curriculum. That was the school's suggestion to me. And so I'm sitting there in the registrar's office, I'm talking to this wonderful lady, I'm trying to convince her, ma'am, you've gotta let me out of here. I'm, I'm as soon as I'm done here, I'm moving to Dallas, Texas, which I did end up doing to go to graduate school to study theology. I, I, I don't even wanna be an engineer. And so I sat there in her office and I said, look, let's make a deal, all right? I, I was trying to wheel, I was trying to deal. I'm like, I got anything I can do to, to make this thing work. I said, let's do a deal how about you give me this degree? And if you do that, I will promise to never use it. How about that? Can we do this? I mean, this seems like a good thing to me. And fortunately she relented and I have made good on my side of the bargain for the last 20 years, 15 years. I have not used it. I have not gotten anywhere close to it. And and, and what I learned in that whole process is that I don't like to study. Hey, can you remember those moments? Some of you are college students. Some of you are in s- school right now and you know that feeling when you sit down and you've got to study. I remember that moment for me. What would happen was is I would sit down and it would usually be in a quiet place and I'd be staring at some notes or staring at a book or staring at a computer screen. And I knew I had to study, but I didn't want to because I was feeling these emotions that I didn't like. Emotions like inadequacy, emotions like insignificance emotions of fear going, am I really going to be able to do this? And so I would do anything and everything to distract myself from what I was feeling. I I would clean my dorm, an apartment or house that I was living in when I would never do that any other time. I would organize the files on my computer for no reason, but just to keep, just to distract me from dealing with the emotion that I didn't want to have to deal with. In fact, All of us have forms of white noise that we use in life to distract us or to mask those things that we don't want to feel. In fact, the question that I wanna just, that I wanna try to chew on together, that I wanna discuss genuinely in this one-way discussion together is this question right here. What what do we use to mask unwanted emotions? What is it that we use to mask our unwanted emotions? You, You have something that you use I have something that I use. All of us have forms of white noise that we use to mask the things that we don't want to feel. So what I want to do is I want to give you just 15 seconds. Everybody at Cumberland, everybody here at 515, everybody in overflow, I want you to just look down the aisle, look around where you're sitting, make eye contact with somebody. If there's somebody that, you, somebody that you've been wanting to holler at, let this be your moment. If you're an introvert and you hate this moment, just get on your phone. The amazing irony of the whole experience is that you will actually be distracting yourself from dealing with what it is you don't wanna deal with. So it's a perfect, uh, it's a perfect out, out uh, way to look at the illustration, if you will. And so if, take, take 15 seconds, discuss with somebody, ask somebody else, what is the form of white noise that you use to distract you or to mask the emotions that you don't wanna feel? You got 15 seconds. All right, pencils down, pencils down. Let's talk. If anybody would be so bold, I don't know if we can hear anybody at Cumberland. In fact, I don't know if anybody at Cumberland can even hear me, but at this point, we're in too deep. We, we've, we've, we're already in this, you know, we got to go, all right? So if you could be so bold here at 515, even at Cumberland, I'd love for you to play along. I guess they can turn up your volume into here, but um, somebody yell something out that somebody said around you. What's, what's an example of white noise? Too many at once, but I did hear a few things. That went, that went better than I was anticipating. First one someone said was social media. Absolutely. Uh, is it amazing how our phones, it's, it's interesting that they even call our phones a phone. You know what I'm saying? The phone is one app on this device. One that I would prefer to never use again, quite honestly. In fact, if you wanna torture me, leave me a voicemail. That albatross hanging around my neck, oh my goodness. I I have had days where I have thought, I don't think I can go on because I have so many voicemails that I'm gonna at some point have to listen to and then Lord willing reply to. Yeah, the phone is just one app. We've got all these other apps that we use like social media. And the amazing thing, the beauty of social media is that it gives you a look into everybody else's life. What, What did people do 20 years ago when they were invited to a party that you weren't invited to? how did they tell you about it? I guess they just didn't. And so we missed out on that beautiful opportunity to compare our lives with everyone else's life around us. And we know it brings us more happiness, brings us more joy, brings us more contentment. Does it not? Oh, is, not, is that not the way it works for you? No, we, we know that social media is a form of white noise. It's really fascinating because it, it, studies have shown it actually makes us more unhappy. The studies have shown that it actually makes us feel more depressed, but we can't stay away from it because it allows us to, it keeps us from feeling the things that we don't want to feel. So somebody in the back section over here, yell out one more music. Fantastic. Music uh, is absolutely true. Kiki. Do you love me? That's what I need to know. I don't even know who Kiki is, but I can't stop singing this song. the, The big question is, does Drake know who Kiki is? That's what I don't know. I'm like, is this like some like second layer of, an, of a metaphor that you're trying to build in for us, Drake? Because I'm not quite following this song, but music, it's, it's white noise for me. I turn it on all the time. I don't care if it's VeggieTales or The Wiggles, I would rather have music on than nothing for me. Because it's, it, it, it's, it, it masks, it keeps us from feeling the things we don't wanna feel. Uh, so someone else said, I love that they said Netflix, right? Now note, they did not say television. They said specifically Netflix. You remember, um, some of you that are over 30 and you can remember not having Netflix, what did you do when you had a bad day? Like you just came home and you're like, man, I'm gonna watch an episode of Full House and see if that doesn't <laughs> distract me. Now we're like, I had a rough day. I'm gonna come home and watch a whole season <laughs> it's unbelievable. It, but, but it it does just that. It keeps us from feeling the things we don't want to feel. Somebody give me one more. Somebody over at Cumberland said wine. Unbelievable. You bunch of lushes over there. Incredible. Nobody at 515 would dare say that, but you, unbelievable. Yeah. Wine. Wine is certainly a form of white noise, right? Some of you can't remember the last day where you didn't end your day with having a glass of wine. Not trying to make anyone feel guilty, but if it did, you should pay attention to that, right? It's a form of white noise. It keeps us from feeling the things we don't want to feel, right? Someone else said, I heard the word uh, food. It is amazing how food is also a source of white noise. You guys remember the Save by the Bell episode where Lisa Turtle was so stressed and she couldn't stop eating? It's a form of white noise. When I said Saved by the Bell, some of you thought I was gonna talk about that Jessie Spano episode where she's singing that song. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. We laugh at it now. That was one of the most dramatic moments of television history, people. In her case, there was actually a very scary, a a very genuine form of white noise called pills that loads of people use today to keep them from feeling what they don't wanna feel. There's all kinds of different white noises. And the truth is, most forms of white noise are not even that bad. It's not the white noise that's bad. It's what it keeps us from. The question is, what if God wants your attention? What if your family wants your attention? What if your friends want you to put it down, to turn it down, to feel what it is that you can't, or aren't paying attention to. See, see we're, we're raising generations of people. We're becoming generations of people that, that are unaware of how to deal with the emotions that we're actually feeling because our go-to is just to turn up the noise louder and louder and louder. Yes, we can play the victim card and say, well, what are we gonna do? There's just more noise in the world. But the truth is, all of us have our fingers on the dial of certain noise, and the question is, are, are you going to turn it up even louder or will you eventually turn it down? My, my kids, there are things that they just don't know how to do but because they've, they've never turned it down long enough to be able to pay attention to it. Yeah, maybe they, they've, seen, uh, they've seen Elmo and Mr. Noodle have a conflict but they've never actually entered into a conflict to figure out what am I supposed to do? How do I listen to someone? How do I share what I'm actually feeling? Because the only thing I've ever learned how to do is just turn up the noise louder and louder and louder. So what I wanna do just for the next few minutes is I wanna go to a couple of places in the teachings of Jesus, the image of God on earth, trying to give us a picture of, here's what your father in heaven is like, And here's how you can have a personal connection with him. And I want to see if this doesn't allow us to, if this doesn't give us the inspiration, maybe even the courage, maybe the diligence, maybe the self-control to be able to turn down our noise low enough and long enough to be able to hear what our emotions are actually trying to say. First thing Jesus says, if if you have a Bible, you can turn there. We're going to look at this sermon that he did called the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 5, he begins with what we know as the Beatitudes. It's a list of statements where he begins with, Blessed are, blessed are, happy is the person who fill in the blank. And what he says is, in, the, in, in this Beatitude that I feel like speaks directly to our desire, our feeling of need to be able to experience some clarity inside of us. If if you feel like you've got a decision that you're facing, if you've got a professional situation, if you've got a strained relationship and you can't figure out what your part should be, if you've got a health diagnosis and you're just not sure how to be able to see the future because it's cloudy, Jesus gives us an amazing statement. He says, well, let me explain how you can go from cloudiness to clarity in your life. Here's what he says. This is one of the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter five. He said, blessed are the pure in heart. I don't know why I said heart the way I just said it. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Can everybody say "See see God? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will be able to see God. What it seems like Jesus is trying to say is, If you could see the way God sees about your situation. If you could see your loving, kind father in the middle of your circumstances, would you want to? I would imagine that you probably came today because there's something in you that wants to feel closer to God. There's something in you that wants to know that not only does he have a plan for your future, but that he's actually involved in it, that he cares about you, that, that even though you might feel like he's distant, that maybe you would begin to know that, no, I am actually on his radar, that I can see his activity in my life. I can see his presence in my situation. Well, Jesus says, he says, happy Is the person, blessed is the person who has a purity of heart, for they will be able to see clearly. They will be able to see me. That if you wanna see God in your life, he's saying that you gotta figure out, well, how can I start to gain a sense of clarity, a sense of purity inside my heart? Well, it's probably not going to be by just turning up the volume on the noise, right? Oh, I think it begins with us being diligent enough, self-controlled enough to turn down the noise and, and, and listen to what those emotions are trying to say. You know, you know that the emotions that you feel, they're purposeful. They're there for a reason. I, I've heard it say that, said that our emotions are messengers. They're trying to tell us something. If you feel anger, that anger is trying to communicate something to you. If you feel lonely, if you feel fearful, if you feel anxious, it's trying to let you know that either something's missing, something's being threatened, something's vulnerable, or it's trying to tell you something that maybe you should completely disregard. I just know that the way we most often go about this is the same way I handled my car when I was in college. I had this Volvo 240 DL. It was white. I called it the white lightning. It was ironic because it was really slow. And, and the check engine light, it, it came on all of the time, but sometimes it would just go off, but, but then it would pop back on the next day. And so what I learned was my routine for the check engine light, when I didn't wanna, when I didn't wanna really hear what the engine was doing, I would just turn up the radio. I would just make the radio louder as if that was somehow connected to the check engine light and it was just gonna go away. No, that's not the way life works, right? But some of you have been doing that. You've got something inside of you trying to tell you something, but you just turn the dial up even louder. Jesus says, if you wanna see me, if you wanna see my activity in your life, if you wanna see God, you've gotta have a a purity in your heart. You've gotta actually deal with the stuff that you feel like is causing some of the problems. Maybe said in reverse, the opposite of that would be this statement right here. To the degree that we mask our emotions, we remain unable to see God. If you continue to mask your emotions, it seems as if Jesus is saying, you remain unable to see God. You, you, you remain in a position where you have no vision. You have no clarity for what he's actually trying to do. Do we have any licensed counselors in the room or any unlicensed counselors in the room? psychologists, uh, have you heard the word mindfulness? It's a, it's a very popular term right now in our culture. Uh, I, I think mindfulness is a fascinating idea. And, and I'm just a novice, I'm just an amateur who's read a couple wiki articles, all right? So I don't stand here trying to act like a mindfulness expert, but what I do know is that the principle of mindfulness is so connected to our ability to have a pure heart and to see God. That mindfulness, It's the process that we go through to be able to be as present as possible with our current situation in our current environment. There is a there is an aspect of presence that mindfulness brings. It's the ability to recognize what is it that I feel and what should I do with that emotion? What what am I feeling right now? And, And can I be okay with what I'm feeling? Do I know how to process what I'm feeling? You see, I actually believe mindfulness is, it's incredibly connected to prayer. It's unbelievable how mindfulness, I think it gets us in a position where we can actually pray. Mindfulness is is preparation for prayer. Mindfulness is how we get ourselves in a position where we can actually talk to God about what we're feeling. And listen to God about what he's saying. Next chapter, in the same message, Jesus says, just after he says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. He says, let, let, let me give you a vehicle for how you can do this. And he introduces to us the habit of prayer. Here's what he says about prayer in Matthew chapter six. He says, when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. I think Jesus is doing something with this word play. He's going, if you have purity of heart, you'll be able to see God. And seeing God is not easy because one of the most challenging things about prayer is that God is invisible, right? It's difficult to talk to an invisible person. He says, well, if you go into a room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen, that's actually the way you do it. But that's not the way most of us approach it. No, this is more common. This is how most of us handle prayer. But when you pray, you can go to this next slide. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, get distracted by your phone and end up reading a link about whether or not you should try a reverse mortgage. That's the way most people pray, right? I mean, I'm just, this, is, this is hashtag real talk, all right? We're just being honest here. The way most of us pray is we just, we, 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 we're so easily distracted. And, and the, the, the most dangerous noise of all is our phone. In fact, I have found it impossible to pray with this thing near me because I'll have some thought, maybe even a thought like, oh, I wonder where, what that verse is saying. I'd like to read it in another version. And, and I'll get on my phone and then I go, that, that, leads me to, that leads me to another idea. And then I'll Google something. And next thing you know, I'm reading some link about something that I find really fascinating, just m- making this attempt to get to the end of the internet. What, what, what's the end game here? What, what I know is that, Ultimately, it keeps us from being able to connect with our father because it's just noise. And and I'm not saying they're all bad. I'm just saying, if you want to be able to pray, you've got to learn to turn down the noise. And I think the reason why Jesus asks us to pray is so that we will turn down the noise. They work hand in hand. He says this immediately after this next verse says, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. This is brilliant to me. Jesus says, if you go into a room, close the door, get on your knees and pray to your father who is unseen, then your father will see you. He will see you and give you a reward. What was the reward? What's the reward that he gives you? It's it's himself. The reward he wants to give you is him. And and it's it's not like until I close the door and get on my knees and pray to my father, he's holding out on me. No, Jesus has given us everything. Jesus has given us all of himself. God poured himself out as Brad said earlier, became nothing so that we could know the Father. But the, the reason why I don't pray, it's not because God's holding out on me, it's because I'm too distracted. I, I, I'm, I'm like the, the phone that has the antenna. Do, do you remember this phone? Do you remember the day? This was, this was rough life, y'all. When we had that flip phone with that antenna that you pulled up, And when you couldn't get service, you know, you you had to go to some high ground, like we were fighting a war, you know, and try to pull the antenna up and then you'd, you'd run your fingers over and you'd clean it off to get all the the dust and the grime off of it so that the antenna would work properly. Maybe to put it in another, in another language, uh, how many of you remember the, the Nintendo? I don't mean the Nintendo Switch. I'm not talking about the Wii. I'm not talking about the Super. I'm talking about the OG, the original Nintendo. Does anybody remember when the game wouldn't work, what did you do? You blew into the game. You had to clean off the antenna so that it could communicate properly with the system. And maybe this is the same thing God's trying to say. He's saying, maybe you need to clean off the antennas so you can communicate clearly with me, so that you can feel that you've got all of me. I'm not holding out on you. There's just too much noise. And when you turn the noise down, you can get the antennas clean so you can have all of me. That's Jesus's promise to us. The father in heaven will see you and he'll give you a reward. The reward is me. The reward is being able to know me and know that I'm in your life and involved in your life and you can trust me and I'm present and I, and I, and I care about what's happening in your life. That's the idea of prayer. But, but you see, so many of us are afraid to do that. I found this in my own life, that too often I've been afraid to do it. Why? Because these emotions that we're masking, they're not the most positive things, right? I mean, it's usually not like, oh my goodness, I've got so much joy, and if I stopped to think about it, I would be doing cartwheels in here, y'all, so I better go watch a season on Netflix. No, it's usually not something real positive. In fact, if we were to go around the room, if we were to go around the room and say, what is the emotion that you're running from? What what's the emotion that I'm running from? There, there would be a list that we would find that's actually quite simple and, and it's not that uncommon. No, there's some common unwanted emotions that all of us are running from. Maybe yours would be loneliness. But what we do is, is, We don't want to feel that because we don't like it. So we just turn up the noise. We just keep our fingers on the dial. and We go, I I, I don't want to feel that. Or or maybe we would we would we would hear or we would feel insignificance. I, I don't like the way insignificance feels. This is why so many people work as much as they work, because when they go home, They they feel insignificant. They don't feel like they matter. They feel inadequate. They don't feel capable. And so they just work because they can get positive strokes from work. They can get a promotion at work. At least the, the dashboard is clear. I know whether I'm winning or I'm losing. And so we just keep our fingers on the dial of the noise. Or maybe what you might find out is that there are some fears inside that you don't want to have to pay attention to. Maybe you're afraid of the future. Maybe you're afraid of... What might happen in the future? And so you just turn up the dial on the noise going, I I don't like the way that feels. Or maybe you might experience some anxiety. There's more anxiety today than there's ever been before in the world. And so we just keep our fingers on the noise and we turn it up and we turn it up and we turn it up because we don't wanna feel the way that feels. Or maybe you might experience inadequacy. This just makes me feel like I'm not enough. This makes me feel like I can't do it. This makes me feel like I I don't have what it takes. And if we're not careful, before long, this just becomes normal. And we're just walking around. And it's no wonder that we can't even hear ourselves think, let alone hear from our Father in heaven. And maybe the answer is just to turn it off. So that you can get some clarity. So that you can hear your own thoughts so that you can feel what it is that you need to be feeling because you have a loving father who says you don't have to deal with those emotions alone. No, I'm gonna be right there with you. I'm gonna help you every step of the way. We don't serve a God that says, go figure out, your anxiety and then come back to me. He says, no, I'm I'm gonna enter into it with you. I'm gonna go with you. You don't have to be afraid of what you might find because he says, says, your loneliness, come on. How how many times do I have to tell you, I'll never leave you? I'll never forsake you. I'm always with you. When, When it comes to your insignificance, how loud does he have to say, how much more do I love you? You feel insignificant? I gave the life of my son. My son willingly laid down his life because I love you. You, you. you have fears about the future? Do you know who holds the future? I do. You don't have to be afraid. He says, You have anxiety? You can cast all your anxiety onto me because I care about you. You have inadequacy? Do you know that? Do you know that? When you stand there and look at the stars and you think, wow, these are amazing. King David wrote, who am I that you would be mindful of me? Do you know how much I care about you? What what, what if you decided, and, and you can make the decision today. What if you decided that you were going to deal with your emotions before your emotions deal with you? What if you decided to do that? How much would change? Hey, let me ask you a question. Those of you who had a dad walk out on you, wouldn't you have loved for your dad to stop and deal with the emotions before they dealt with him? For for those of you who have a broken relationship with a friend, wouldn't you love it if they would stop and deal with it? Wouldn't it be amazing if they would deal with their emotions before their emotions wreak havoc? On those around them because the thing that's amazing is yes your emotions are your emotions and yes you might have every right to feel the way you feel but if you stay in the middle of that it might not be the healthiest thing for you and others around you will eventually pay for the emotions that you are refusing to deal with this is the way life works yeah, it's my emotions, but it affects everybody in my life. All of my kids, my kids' kids, future generations are going to reap the benefit for the work I do, and they're going to pay for the things I refuse to face. And the same is true in your life. But what, what, what if, though, what if you decided, you know what? Okay, I, I, I'm in. I'm going to try it. I'm going to go for it. Here's what I would suggest. First thing I would do is I would try to identify your white noise. I would try to identify it. Now, now some of you, you just read the list up here and and you went, okay, yeah, I know mine. For others of you, you honestly, you probably need to spend some time thinking about it. You might need to, God forbid, ask someone. Chances are you're gonna be riding home in a car today with someone who would love to tell you. (laughs) You might not wanna hear it, but I bet they would love to tell you. And all I'm saying is, You owe it to yourself to know. Why would you not know? I'm not saying do anything about it. I'm just saying GI Joe said knowing is half the battle. I'm like, I don't believe them. It's not half, it might be like 10%. But if they're close to being right, why would you not know? It does you no good to not know. You should at least know, identify it. And then, maybe then you would experiment with it. What, What if you, I'm talking like, just messed around with it. Just, just tomorrow, just try it. I don't get crazy and call your internet provider on the way home and cancel your internet. Don't throw your phone in the trash. No, no, I'm just saying, drive to work tomorrow and just turn it down. Just go home today and don't turn it on. I'm just saying, just go, go, to, go to dinner with some friends and leave it in the car, I know you're thinking like, well, how would I take a picture of my food? (laughs) I I don't know. And and the truth is you might miss out on a killer post, but you'll become a healthier person. And there's something to that. And and, and then I don't know why that made you clap, but that was like, you were convicted. You're like, dang, that's so true. I need to quit (laughs) posting pics of my food. That's the big takeaway for some of you tonight today. Last thing, would you be intentional to what it's masking? Would you be intentional to ask, what is it masking? What, what, what am I covering up? What am I afraid of? What's in there? What is, what are my emotions trying to tell me? And the thing is, it might not be anything. You might be like, I think I'm hungry. Like that's all I learned. You know, I'm kind of tired. That's it. Well, now you at least know, but what you might find out is there might be something that God's trying to do to get your attention. He might be wanting to tell you, do you know why work is unfulfilling? Because I want to be your life. Do you know why you continue to chase more money without any end in sight is because it's never going to fulfill. And I want to be that for you. Do you know why you're feeling lonely? Because you were meant, you were designed to be connected in the most intimate relationship possible with your Father in heaven. And you can keep looking around and busy up your schedule and make more plans and get another vacation, but I'm just telling you, none of it's going to meet that need inside of you that I want to meet until you turn it down low enough and long enough to be ruthlessly curious of what it's trying to say. What if you just simply answered this question, how would God want me to deal directly with this emotion? How would my father in heaven want me to deal directly with this emotion? If you are encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at passioncitychurch.com or download the Passion Movement app. And again, thanks for listening to the Passion City Church podcast.